When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's good birthday surprises, like when your friends throw you a party. And bad ones, like realising you're so old, you can't blow out all your candles in one go. At Phonewatch, we're celebrating 30 years of protecting Irish homes. And we've got a birthday surprise for you. For a very limited time, get a Phonewatch alarm installed for only €30. Euro. Yes, just €30. Euro. Offer ends November 30th, so order right away at phonewatch.ie. Monitoring fees apply. It is Pod 70, and we welcome you once again to the hung parliament of podcasts. Chaotic, barely functioning, and probably likely to be overhauled by October. I am Lee Calvert, the editor of bloodandmud.com, and over there, who is our very own confidence and supply deal, is... <laughs> I'm Josh Gardner of rugbyshirtwatch.com. We lose... I refuse to do one more second of this podcast unless you guarantee me a referendum <laughs> on On some kind of border things. or the yeah. gays. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we lose our shit from time to time on this pod, hmm. but I don't think either of us has ever been as fuming as David Dimbleby was on election night for those of you oh, watching election coverage so angry he was so, fuming so about everything it was the best telly you've ever seen it's only yeah, been a week since like, the lo- go on Josh it was like his tie had sort of sort of like the confusion and sort of miasma of weird things that were going on in the tie department with Dimbleby this time just kind of fed up into his brain and he didn't really know what to be angry at so he just went for everything well, I've tortured the metaphor of the election for long enough. It's only been a week since the last episode, but we have had a significant change of government. Well, not change of government, but whatever. But the main thing is, yeah. it feels like there's almost been a full season of rugby in between. There's been so much of it. It's been, I don't mean this in a bad way, but it's been fucking relentless. It has been relentless. Absolutely relentless. Um, thanks of all of you for coming along to listen to our barely suppressed uh, pod of pro-North virtue signalling. And uh, yep, love that. you can get in touch with us at Blood and Mud, or there's Lee at Blood and Mud, or there's a Blood and Mud web page and Facebook page. And how do they get in touch with you, Josh? Uh, at Josh Gardner, uh, or at Rugby Shirt Watch on Twitter. There's uh, rugbyshirtwatch.com, obviously, and uh, Rugby Shirt Watch on Facebook, Instagram, all that shit, really. You can get hold of this pod on Apple Podcasts, on ACAS. Please subscribe while you're there. It's easy for you, it's better for us. Anywhere you are, just click the subscribe button, won't cost you too much time or money, and won't cost you any money, in fact. Yeah. Unless you're being ripped off some way, because we're definitely not getting any money for it. (laughs) So if you are paying money, there's something wrong. Um, It may cost a a tiny fraction of whatever your data allowance is if you subscribe (laughs) to us during the... uh, Just wait until you're on Wi-Fi if you're that bothered. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Reviews you can leave reviews for us. We've had a review via the Facebook page this week. Oh, actually, that's a left left. Turn. Yeah, hi guys. It says exclamation mark. I'm a former player and diehard rugby fan stranded in the virtual rugby desert of Lillehammer in Norway. 
I can imagine that's a rugby desert. Yes, and I just had to write to you after listening to Blood and Mud for the past three months. Not only is your podcast unique in its ability to make me gasp with laughter, but I also so encouraged by your breakdown of the bloody brainless use of Native American culture by the Exeter Chiefs. Thank you. Time and time again, I'm impressed by your wit, knowledge, passion, puns, and ability to be fucking human beings who give a shit about the important stuff and shit on everything else. The Norwegian version of Apple Podcasts won't let me review the podcast for some reason, but I would give you five stars and well done. Cheers, Trish Bronte. A lady from Norway. Smack bang in the middle of our demographic. Exactly. That's what I was aiming for, yeah. (laughs) Speaking of, you know, I work in the public sector in my real job. Hmm. And as you know, the public sector is all about outcomes, you know, delivery of outcomes for people. So obviously when I started this pod, I sat myself some clear outcomes, educate people to dislike Haskell, invent a long running, thank you very much, uh, invent a long running and barely fathomable cup competition. Oh, we've smashed that. Yeah. Create an acronym that only a handful of people understand, like FIDIM. Yeah. And finally... You know, I wrote this down right at the beginning, obviously. Inspire athletic excellence. <laughs> and, yes, I, I saw For those this, of you who didn't are... see this, Katie Jane Watson got in touch. Reaction. Yeah. Katie Jane Watson got in touch and said, I ran a personal best and a half marathon, half marathon in Skype. In Skype. No, it wasn't. It was in Sky. <laughs> <laughs> she ran a personal best and a half marathon in Sky, the place, not Skype, the communication tool favoured by Kingsley well. Jones. Yeah. And I listened to the podcast to take my mind off the running. So cheers. So yes. Yeah, and also, did not see that coming. You know, S. Frost got in touch as a result as well and said, I also listened to the pod on long rowing machine sessions, although laughing sometimes knocks me out of my rhythm. So thank you all of you for telling me how, Indeed. telling us how you use this podcast in your everyday lives. Yeah, I find I find people who listen to podcasts while doing exercise strange and weird, but, I mean, if it works for you... I do listen to podcasts when I'm on. cycling into work some mornings. It that's does a bit make... different, though. That's, that's commuting, though, isn't it? It is, yeah. I'm of... working hard, though. Don't be judging me. Yeah. Oh, I'm not judging you. I'm just saying, you know, you're not, <laughs> you're not, you're my not going commitment. for PBs there, are you? <laughs> well, I don't know. Everything's on Strava these days. I'm like smashing people with like kids and dogs out the way on a cycle path, just so I could get an extra second shaved off my segment. Anyway, well, I stand corrected then. Yeah, well, well, you wouldn't if I come passing your bike, be on your ass, tell you. So, <laughs> news. We like to start with a bit of news. What news have we got this week, Josh? Yes, there's been um, some some <laughs> unusual and unprecedented, vaguely sort of positive news at the Newport Gwent Dragons. This is the big stuff, um, yes. It is. Um, namely, that uh, they have got shot of Kingsley Jones um, and his photocopy of Lovin. And, uh, <laughs> what will they do without his networking? Actually, I was going to... Well, I mean, we'll come to that. But yeah, they've replaced him with, with Bernard Jackman, former... Grenoble boss uh, and former Connacht Ireland hooker who and, uh, and takes of, over tomorrow. And weirdly. four years on the truck, winner of Uncle Fester lookalike competitions all over yes, the globe. Yes, the man in rugby. It was a very, very tight heat between him and Keith Wood, but I think he just shaded it. He has just shaded it. Yes, yeah, so Bernard Jackman is yeah, in I charge. actually think it's a pretty astute sign-in. I think so. Like, well, for a start, let's look at the positives. One, it's not Kingsley Jones. Bingo, bango, yes. Um, <laughs> he's got some good Warren experience. Gatland. Yeah. Yeah, he's, you know, he's, man- he's been a head coach in the top 14. It might not have ended fantastically well for him, but, 
you know, that's still better experience than most of the Dragons coaching candidates were likely to have. He was in the frame for the Connor job at one point. So he follows you know, me on he's Twitter. Obviously quite, he obviously really? knows his well, onions. Clearly knows his I think he's the I mean, only like recognizable personality that does, but yeah. <laughs> See, I remain delighted to this day that uh, Gus Pichot follows Rugby Shirt Watch. Because, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I mean, you did have just... the head of the Argentina Rugby Union email you once, didn't you? Uh, no, we have a little bit of Twitter back and forth from time to time. Oh, but yeah, I still I still get a weirdly starstruck when I think that Gus Pichot follows us because, I mean, he's so goddamn handsome, for starters. Even in his and, rotund and the... phase. Yes. <laughs> Less said about that, the better. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, the Jackman's, by all accounts, didn't do a terrible job at Grenoble. I mean, he lost his job due to a player revolt, which was allegedly over the fact that he banned them from eating desserts at the training ground. <laughs> So, I mean, provided that the Dragons players don't have sweet tooths, then he should be fine. (laughs) That is the most batshitly brilliant French thing in the world, isn't it? You're sacked. Yeah, well, apparently it was, he didn't, they didn't like how intense his training sessions were. They thought his attacking game plan was too complicated and they were really angry about the fact that he banned desserts at the training ground. We could handle the complicated game plans, but the fucking creme brulee was a step too far, son. That is that is so French. You're, you're trying to impose some sort of attacking structure on us. You're making us work hard in training, and you're stopping us having our fucking creme brulee. It's a triple bastard. threat. God. Yeah. So Jackman um, says it's a huge honour to, to join at such an exciting time. Okay. And uh, yes, and that of course, these Kingsley Jones isn't out on his ass. However, he uh, leaves to spend more time with his Skype contacts. He does, doesn't he? Because what is he? He, part he, of he is literally, he yeah. He he's been put in charge of the WRU's Exiles program, which means he's keeping tabs He's going on to be networking on Skype. Yeah, he yes, spend that's easy. all of his time on Skype. It's perfect. <laughs> he will spend all day Skyping and photocopying. He will be like a pig in shit. He'll be so happy. <laughs> it's like they've gone, oh, we need to get rid of Kingsley. How can we sugarcoat this that he's going to be <laughs> seem actually a bit delighted about it? He likes Skype, doesn't he? I've got an idea. Yes. Um, so, yeah, fair play. Uh, is that, yeah, who knows whether it will be a roaring success or not, but God knows he couldn't do much worse. Than he definitely could bloke. not do much worse. He said that no. he's, al- he's already set up to... Uh, he's got all the tools required to be successful at Newport, which I'm assuming means he's got his own scuba diving outfit. Yes. And, so, yeah, uh, Bernard Jack- Actually, I genuinely wish him all the so, best. Uh, I do want Dragons yeah, fans to have something to smile about. Well, yeah, it'd be nice to feel like after such, you know, so many years of shit that, I mean, I'm not going to say that good times are on the way, well, but, no. you know, just less shit times. Times where they consistently finish above the Italian teams. It's a relative that's win. That's not much to ask. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the news that we've got from this week. Also, some news. I've now got people sending me really quite strange news about New Zealand after the whole taxis thing <laughs> oh good and it was sent today that in on the in the otago daily times a town's right. water cut has been blamed on mice yeah mice are being blamed for cutting the twizzle treated water supply for about eight hours on sunday not even anything to do with rugby mostly because it's somewhere near otago but it says something about twizzle new zealand treated. that i do who knows it says something about New Zealand when mice can stop the mains water supply. I'm not sure what it says about them, but it says something. It, but it definitely says something, doesn't it? 
I'm before, not sure. Yeah, it yeah. could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. Before we get something. Before we get into the meat and drink of the games, uh, we've we've got a player spotted, which of course oh, we, we always like. This is Paul John again via the Facebook page. Getting a lot of traction on the Facebook page. I'm not getting any more followers, yeah. but I am actually getting people contacting yeah. me. Yeah, small but, it's, but active. It's probably because they can write long extended ramblings about these players that they've seen in boring uh, circumstances, uh, well, which of course. Yes. We love. So Paul John says, I was in the Air New Zealand Koru Lounge at Wellington Airport, which I'm assuming is like the posh lounge, is it? Is it the yeah. posh lounge? The fact it's got lounge I'm after it so. makes yeah. me think it is. Yeah. Waiting for a flight back to Auckland after the business trip. Yeah, definitely the posh lounge. I fancied a mm-hmm. spot of cheese with my beer, so I approached the cheese area of the buffet. Two men were in deep conversation, effectively blocking the cheese and crackers. I hovered for a brief period, hoping they would notice and move on. They didn't. I said, excuse me. Can I just get some cheese? And basically pushed on through, like Donald Trump at that uh, leaders thing. (laughs) As one of the men apologised and moved away, I could have sworn it was Christian Cullen, but he was wearing a beanie, so I'm not 100% sure. So that is an absolutely magnificent effort, Paul Jones, because not only is it boring... But you're not even entirely yeah. sure about your identity. It's it so could have mundane. Just been a big lad. It minds him in Christian Cullen. It could have just been somebody in a beanie. <laughs> also, who wears a beanie at a posh air- in a posh airport lounge? I've, I'm, Honestly, I never fail to be amazed by the circumstances in which certain types of men will be- wear beanies. <laughs> that is a fair point, actually. Yeah, it's like I never seem to be surprised. I can never really be surprised by the number by the the number of men in certain situations, white men with dreadlocks that you see. Yeah, that's a different... That never seems to go away. I thought we'd have... You know, like Karl Marx probably thought we'd have outgrown religion by now. I'd have thought we'd have outgrown white men with dreadlocks by now, but we haven't. You would have dearly hoped so. And yet, gap years still keep happening. They do, don't they? And on other rugby podcasts, you do not get references to Karl Marx and white men with dreadlocks in the same (laughs) sentence. So welcome along, everybody. Now, Indeed. as we mentioned, there's been an absolute shitload of rugby. So much rugby. We were last on air, or last recorded, last Monday, and it just seems like we should have had at least three episodes in between to try and cover all of it. Yes. This. Since then, we've had two British and Irish Lions games, a whole slew of test matches, um, uh, presumably something else as well. God it just knows. seems like it's been a lot. I think it's because it's just non-stop. Team selection. The frequency, the frequency of the lot. God, like literally waking up on Sunday morning and they picked yeah, the team. team for the fucking Highlanders <laughs> game. It was like I was 24 hours ago. I was watching the fucking. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It is Chris fucking relentless, isn't it? It's just. So. I feel the players you've got to feel for. I know, yeah. It's like and all the, the traveling, well, all the they training. Didn't get a fucking break. So, what have we learned this week then? Well. Um, I've learned that Gatlin's game plan is coming together very slowly, but it sort of does feel like it's coming together. I didn't feel that dejected slowly. after the loss on Wednesday. No. And I definitely didn't feel dejected. In fact, the opposite of dejected on Saturday morning. Very pleased. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I said, I said on more than one occasion over the last couple of months that like Gatland is utterly obsessed with what Ireland did to the ABs in Chicago last November. Mm. And his whole plan is basically emulating that performance as closely as possible. And, you know, it was Apart no means... Apart from the scoring no tries bit. Br- 
Well, yeah, but it was by no means a brilliant performance on Saturday, but it was a markedly improved one again over the Blues one, and it demonstrated that they're putting things together a little bit. The defence was fucking excellent. It was relentless. It, it was, was smothering. It was, and particularly the scramble defence when uh, the Crusaders did make line breaks, I thought was was very, yeah, very I good. Mean, we, we've all been through, we've all heard many times, and I don't want to go over it again, the stats in relation to the Crusaders. is the first time they've not scored a try in two years. They've not lost a game for ages and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think it's sometimes because the way I've just said it, because you keep hearing it, it's easy to overlook how incredibly impressive it is. This is yeah, a scratch team that, I mean, the Crusaders did absolutely nothing. Not a thing. And yeah, this is a team that's, that's hammering bang everyone. And you can say they played badly, and I, and I just don't think it's as simple as that. I think they were completely knocked off their game. They had no width. Their scrum was destroyed. Yeah. And they were just... Like we said about Chicago, and you, you referred to it, you starve any team of time and space, and it all starts mm. to look very ordinary. And it 100% vindicates what he's trying to do, because in his mind, he will go, fucking told you, you get in their faces, you give them no fucking time on the ball, and they can't do fucking anything. And that's exactly how he's planning to take on the All Blacks. It's ridiculously good line speed. It's incredibly tenacious defence. It is giving Bowden Barrett literally no time at all. Whether they'll be able to execute that remains to be seen. But that is clearly the fucking plan. And the thing is, and I don't think you can stand here and say it's a bad plan. No. That's the thing. You can sit there and go, oh, well, this is... And if we end up losing the test series, there'll be people who will say, oh, well, the game plan was wrong from the start. It really isn't. You've only got a certain really window isn't. of time to get it established. And you have to be realistic. The penalty count... Is the best plan. Yeah. Yeah. The penalty count in the Blues game, because we have to go back to that because we haven't spoken since then. Yeah. One of the penalties in the Blues game was that uh, balls-up crossing. Well, it ended up being oh, a crossing because oh. the scissor went wrong. And that's a perfect picture. I mean, Haskell's involved, but that's a perfect picture of how <laughs> timing doesn't come that easy. So you can't rely on that shit, can you? No. And that, I think that's as much as we mocked Rob Howley and his rugby chaos... <laughs> I kind of get what he's saying. And I mean, that is fu- it is funny, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Very fucking funny. However, he yeah. kind of, that's kind of the only thing that he can do. Like he says, we've got no fucking time to implement an intricate fucking attacking game plan with shitloads of set plays. We're a scratch team and we've got three weeks until the first test. Yeah. So what? his plan is basically to create some semblance of organisation to broken play. And that's how they want to score tries because he knows that there's no fucking point in trying to implement some sort of, you know, Scotland-esque, you yeah. know, advanced game plan because it's there is no fucking time. And yeah, they're gonna they've got to work with what they've got. And the fact of the matter is that you can see that the New Zealand press looked at that and they're worried now because they've instantly started the usual bollocks. Namely, whinging about the ref mm-hmm. um, and calling the Lions boring, anti-rugby, yeah. blah, 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 blah. That was one of the things I The biggest this, insult yeah. they'll ever give you is treating you with respect and dignity. And the more enthusiastic and hysterical they get, the more you know that they're getting at them a little bit. And I think, yeah, they've seen now that this Lions team, when it defends like they did against the Crusaders, can cause anybody problems. 
I don't know that I was tied up in the emotion of it, but I don't know how anybody could dis- describe that game as boring. Oh, hell no. It was intense. It was real blood was and compelling. thunder stuff, yeah. Now, you could say it was a Northern oh, yeah. Hemisphere Some type of... compelling, but it was, it, was fab- it, was, it was a great game to watch. Engrossing is what I'd call it. You know, it was not loads of fucking tries, and it wasn't like watching England-Argentina, which was a different kind of entertaining. <laughs> yeah, but... we'll come on to that <laughs> later. Yeah. yeah, entertaining with a lot less competence involved. But... Um... Yeah, it was just, it was compelling because it was two teams, you know, it was borderline test match. Um, yeah, it was a intense. serious game of rugby and between two very serious rugby teams. I don't know what else, how was that boring? There were so it. many, you know, there were proper little, and it's going to be the case with all these warm-up games, there are plot lines within plot lines. And, you know, the Lions front row basically having the Crusaders probable all-black front row on toast for the entire game with no, the no, 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 no. of one you scrum. Don't, you don't understand. That's because the French referee can't understand the difference between a dominant scrum and a scrum deliberately wheeling, which should be a penalty for the mm. Crusaders. Okay, that, right, we don't yeah, understand no, that, you see. No, New Zealand rugby column writers understand that. We don't. <laughs> that's good to know, though, because it's, it's good to know that they literally do everything better than everyone else, and it's not just this. I'm absolutely dry bum, absolutely and... marmalized. Yeah. Oh god, it was like they got that. There was obviously the one where they sort of pushed them off the ball, and there was a bit of afters. But mm. it was very funny how after that scrum, it just reverted to exactly the same type, which I think speaks volumes to the composure and the professionalism of that Lions front row in that they could easily have let that get in their heads a little bit and they were just like, no, right, reset. <laughs> Let's go back to being absolutely dominant then, lads. And they did. And the set piece and they were like that was, for the whole game. The set piece generally was great. And, it, and I found after that game, a friend was, uh, uh, Matt Ford, who was on Twitter, was asking me, um, you know, who's your second row starters? And I said, well, Those you, two. well, you just can't see past Cruis at all as the first name, definitely. Now, yeah. you just can't. He's just too, yeah. he's just too quietly proficient to everything. Mm. And, he does everything well, and I think the in those two games that they've we've seen that now, he has worked with Alan Wynne Jones exceptionally well. I think, there's, and there's a real balance there. And that's what and I said. Actually, I and, went back to him and I said, I think it would be Cruis. I'd say I'd play Cruis AWJ, and I would. Uh, have Itoji on the bench because he is quite a decent impact. Yeah, actually, Itoji. Yeah, I tell you what, he's a real. He's a what he is and what could be really helpful for the Lions as much as he has now proper turbo bell end at all times mm. um, when he's on the field. He is a real emotional shot in the arm when he comes off the bench. Because he's so pumped up and he's yeah, so hyped about everything. And I think the players react well to him. Lifts... Yeah, I can't stand it, but I think, yeah, that, yeah you're right. I think the players react well to him, yeah. Yeah, it, they re- they clearly, re- you could see after he came on and he's fucking doing all of his whooping and his clapping and his, you know, cheering for unnecessary things. But it clearly gave the team a little bit of a lift because you're like, well, this guy's fucking excited. Let's all get excited. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think him coming off the bench... Is is cracking. Let's let's do that because yeah, Alan Wynne Jones always works best when he's got a sort of dour, hard 
workhorse of a motherfucker who does everything, all the basics really well next to him. You know, it's the classic Ian Goff, Alan Jones mm. dream team. That's true, actually. Yeah. And Cruis is, you know, Cruis isn't as much of a enforcer as Goff was, but he has a similar sort of incredibly hardworking, does all of the stuff very well, will tackle and carry for days kind of thing going. And then it lets Alan Jones be. Alan Wynn Jones, and he was get you could see he was getting involved a little bit. He was doing some nice little distribution work at first receiver. It was, you know, all the things that he does that most of the locks cannot do. When he doesn't have to waste his time worrying quite so much about the, hmm. you know, meat and potatoes shit, it kind of brings out the best in him. So yeah. It's a cool. That pack, to be honest, the type five, I'd pick them for the test tomorrow. Well, I think one thing I learned from these games of the past week is that it's very, very clear that the teams are taking shape now, isn't it? People yeah, have noted 100%. that they use it. They're using front rows in as as complete units that keep swapping yeah. in and out, which obviously makes yeah. sense. You're beginning to see the shape of the test. That mm. type five. Basically. Interesting. The only thing that he does seem to be rotating on a fairly even basis is back row. And I think that's because he genuinely knows there's no fucking wrong answers there, really. There really isn't, like, is there? It's Falatau and, well, there is one wrong answer. <laughs> Your course, think... yeah. Only, yeah, but I, you um, know, my brain won't entertain such a thing, so I just don't even pretend yeah, it's, well, it's, it's well, even possible. So... In, this, in the same way that there are no wrong answers at lock, with the exception of Ian Henderson. Um, <laughs> yes. You know. But there's... it's interesting, isn't it? Because the back row is a slight... Because when you look at how these back rows are playing... And then you'd think that Warburton has to come in because he's the captain. Is it? Is there a case to be made for Warburton not start? If he wasn't captain, would there be a case to be made for Warburton not starting? Absolutely. I mean, I think that's why he's going to give him a lot of minutes on Tuesday and he's going to give him a lot of minutes against the Mary as well, or as many minutes as he can against the Mary because hmm. he needs game time. He's played, you know, 80 minutes in the last two and a half months and he needs to... Because Gatlin knows that he will happily win games for you on form when he's fit and firing. Yeah. And he just needs a chance to sort of show that and prove that, really. But I thought that the back row went really well on Saturday. I thought it went really well against the Blues as well, to be honest, for the most part in the game. Like, there was balance in both games. And that's, you know... I I'm not the biggest fan of Sean O'Brien, as you well know, but he was noticeably no. quite impactful on Saturday. You could see yeah. the job he would do. Well, he, off he offers, yeah. The thing that he offers is a very similar thing to what Stander offers, in a way. True. And yeah. I can see both of them working at six or playing O'Brien at seven and Warburton at six um, being quite a nice combination because Stander offers that carrying power and a sort of physicality and athleticism. And obviously O'Brien has that in spades um, and O'Brien's not bad over the ball either. You think that a back row of, of O'Brien, Warburton and Falatau would have a very nice balance to it. A back row of Warburton, Stander and Falatau would have a nice balance to it. And it, a back row of, you know, I'm not sure about a back row of Stander, O'Brien and Falatau, though. No, that seems no, a no. little. That's, <laughs> that's a bit unbalanced. Big. Yes, unbalanced. Well, it's just that's just a sort of like what when in American football where they go the jumbo package, you know, <laughs> it's kind of a little bit. 
it's a bit too much beef and not nearly not quite enough guile and art history there. But yeah, you could see, you know, any of those. <laughs> it's been like players have been saying it, and usually it's fucking cliche that anyone could start. But with the exception of the fact that Talipa Falasau is one hundred million percent starting at number eight. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's, All you know, hedging players. our bets, really. But, yeah, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I that, Redonkulous how much he's starting yeah. the test eight. Um, it's funny when people said that there'd be some sort of, like, massive drop-off between Billy Vinopola and Falatau. Um You know what I love about uh, Falatau is he's so emotionless on the field is that even when he <laughs> makes a mistake, he doesn't react. No. What did he do on Saturday? I can't. He did something on Saturday. I can't remember what it is now. But um, normally... He, sort of... He tried a weird hitch kick jump up and he basically attempted to catch a high ball that was about 12 feet in front of him like an NFL wide receiver that was it. diving for a touchdown And catch. any other person would have put their hands up and gone, sorry lads. Whereas yeah. he just did that same face he always does and just turned yeah. around and walked back to his mark. He just, there is nothing from him. Nothing yeah. at all. <laughs> I think that's because he knows deep down he had no right to even get there yeah. to knock it on in the first place because it was a feat of ridiculous athleticism to get but there. But it's very rare place. you see a player that doesn't do their sorry lads. And yeah. it's not because he lacks respect yeah. or anything. It's just like... It doesn't know. phase him. No. It's, I have equilibrium it's... and nothing disturbs it, good or bad. I see Rob, Robbie Henshaw, one of the, those Canterbury things that he did about like training or whatever and like reps and things and all that nonsense mm. that none of us really... He's, you know, there's this thing that Reps like modern and things. players you're have. A big, you're a big gym user, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> massive gym monkey, me. Um, I can't remember this, but he's basically like, when you fuck up, you know, they have it drilled into their heads, you know, delete and move on. Yeah. Like, just forget it happened. And I just think Falato doesn't even need to do that. It's just whenever <laughs> he makes a mistake, his brain just goes, whatever, next. Yes. And just give me the ball it, again. Yeah, and God, he's been brilliant. I mean, yeah, there were <laughs> there was that moment where he sort of sprinted up the wing like, you know, a, an open side flanker or a winger with all the pace and agility of that, and, the and then kicking came, and everything. Yeah, and then came to the Canterbury number eight who lined him up and without breaking stride, just sort of dipped the shoulder and absolutely sent him flat on his ass. And it's like, how can you be that quick and agile yet when it comes to a fucking huge lump of number eight attempting to tackle you, you then smash him off as if you're like a six foot six, 17 stone winger. And he's, I don't. Yeah. And he's, it's the fuck it. I'll do it myself. There was the magnificent <laughs> covering tackle last Wednesday. It's like, well, you are, yeah. if you're like, you like, aren't going to fucking bother. I'll get back there and tackle him. And then there was the bit on Saturday when it was one of the few scrums that didn't go well and they were going backwards and he went, well, I'll, I'll yeah. just fucking tie this, this up then, shall I? I'll just yeah. deal with this as I'm going backwards, shall I? Which is what number eight should do, to be fair. But Absolutely. It, it happens so he's few... he's got a lot of practice doing that with Wales. <laughs> and when he was with the Dragons, yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, but he's just, he's ludicrous. What I learned while we're on sort of plays he did quite well what I learned is there's a possibility that even if he's fit again, that Stuart Hogg might now be third choice, given Anthony Watson's performance on Saturday when yeah. he came on. Oh, he's brilliant. And and yet more proof that he is a fullback, not a winger. You I've know. been saying for quite some time that he should be playing fullback for England. And that's yes, not even because I, mean, I hate Mike Brown or anything. It's just because he is better 
He's just yes. he's just and a also, good, he's the kind of fullback you want. He's massive yeah. as well. It's yeah, deceptive it, it, how big he is. He's a big lad. Yeah, and also it, I was going to save this for shit, but in a game as open as mad and as mad as Argentina England was, Mike Brown did nothing for eighty minutes. He passed twice in one minute though. For him, that's yeah. that's like you know seismic shit. No, but it's like people were like everyone was like you look at that fucking ridiculous Harlem Globetrotters lineup that England put out on Saturday that was totally unrealistic and silly because it's like Lazowski and fucking Ford, uh, uh, Ford and Slade uh, and Slade and never ever played against a game in a real game of rugby. You know Eddie Jones will not accept that. However, it was bags of fun, and yet Mike Brown was just sort of doing fuck all as usual, and it's just. He doesn't deserve to be the automatic starter that Jones treats him as anymore. Clearly, because Watson is brilliant and Jason Woodward is very good and Lazowski can play 15. It's like, yeah, what, what's the offer? And I mean, if you look at the game on Saturday, you know, he's, he, he, he ran with the ball seven times. He beat three defenders. He made a couple of clean breaks. He just looked a bit of a handful, really. Against, well, let's not forget, handful. a very good side. Yeah, and that one of the best side defense, and probably the best defensive side in Super Rugby. You know, that's how the Crusaders, they don't just score fuckloads of tries. They do it by also smashing you into submission on defense. You know what I you learned? Know, they are, what I learned they are very all-blacky in that regard. Yeah. It's definitely possible to have too many hackers. <laughs> well, we're not getting a hacker tomorrow, are we? Are we not? We are not. Apparently... Um, They've, the Highlanders have opted for a Scottish-themed challenge in lieu of a hacker, what? which I am very excited about. Have they described what that is? No, it's a top We have secret. lots of Scottish li- listeners. Can you please maybe suggest to us what a Scottish-themed well, the challenge would be? By the time they're probably be? listening to this, it will have happened. And we can all- True. So just remember what it actually turned out to be, you who are listening tomorrow morning or All later. All that keeps coming to my head is loads of really obvious stereotypical <laughs> jokes, so I'm not going oh, to say Matt, that. Oh, it's going to be massively that. I'm basically <laughs> expecting them to go full Braveheart. And if they don't know, I'm going to be really... like. There's going to be actual Scottish people standing on the other side of it as well. Isn't Griggs in the 23, isn't he? Yes, he is. He's I on the see. bench, yeah. Yeah, so they're going to be doing some sort of fucking absurd... Seymour's on the wing. Seymour's on the wing, and 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 yeah. Gregor Laidlaw is on the um, on the bench. So they're going to have two Scotsmen standing opposite them while they essentially do dress up Scottishness. Would they do that hat, that one from Braveheart where they all show their asses in kilts? Maybe. Uh, who knows? Who we don't, don't know. It's, knows? it's top secret. All we know is that it's a Scottish themed challenge in lieu of a hacker. Will it be like so, the Scottish fans at Wembley in the 70s when they all climbed on the goalposts, pissed in massive maybe. flares? Now, that all would be worth are, seeing. That would definitely be worth seeing. Literally, all bets are off. We don't know. The, what level of cultural vaguely, vague insensitivity will they go there? <laughs> it could be Ross I'm, Abbott style. Ginger wig, the lot. They might go full ginger. I'm, 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 <laughs> oh, I'm pulling hard for some sort of... William Wallace-esque Braveheart shit with daubing and tartan and waving a big sword. I will bet at least three pounds on that. Well. Either way, it's going to be funny. Either way, it's going to be funny. But no hacker, but it is possible too many. I mean, that's the really depressing thing about the loss of the Blues. Is that the Blues, you know, had to give up significant training time to learning a a bespoke hacker written by two fans. Mm. Yeah. And they still won. 
on this thing. <laughs> exactly, it's even more depressing. Yeah. But yeah, so but yeah, we're what gonna, else did we learn? From, it's yeah. nice to actually have a little bit of hacker relief because we're going to oh, get Maori hacker. Much. Oh, it's too, then we're going to get another one. hacker and another hacker. Look, Anyone who listens to this pod know, knows out there, ladies and gentlemen, we have a great deal of respect for the native cultures of people and you shouldn't insult oh, them. Oh, hell yeah. And you shouldn't take the piss out of them and you shouldn't appropriate them. That includes Scotland, by the way, Highlanders. We'll be watching you <laughs> tomorrow. Um, but there's, there's a point at which you have to say, seriously, it's like too much. Well, at the end of the day, the New Zealand Rugby Union and Adidas... Um, are happily using the incredibly sacred and not at all to be made light of hacker as a massive marketing tool and have done for some time and were not really that bothered about demeaning said hacker if there's a few quid involved. So I think we can afford to be a little bit sniffy about all of these hackers that we're getting because it's kind it's marketing. I appreciate 100%. And as you said, there's nobody, no rugby podcast that is more woolly liberal. Pro-North Daily Mirror style views than this one. Well, yeah, basically. Than this. But yeah, you know, the, the hacker is a marketing tool now. Whatever its original origins, whatever the significance that it has to the players and to the fans and fair Which play it does. That Which it does. Absolutely massively does. And I respect that. In the eyes of the New Zealand Rugby Union and in the eyes of Adidas and in all of those and all of the sponsors, the hacker is part of the All Blacks brand and it's there to make money and that's the reason that we're getting 7 million hackers of different <laughs> shapes and sizes so that Sky and... Even a Scottish or... one ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, a... Well yeah, I mean, oh god, can you imagine Will if they, they do, do Donald Scottish wears your trousers? Can you imagine if they do like a hacker but Scottish? Oh, what would that be like? What, like to or... Shangalang or something by the basic yeah. Romans? I can't believe I just said that, but yeah. A... <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone, but that was the first image that We've came into my head. We've got Scottish listeners that we're just rampantly alienating. We're now, very but, sorry. Um, well, well yeah. sorry, but not really sorry. No, but, um, yeah, sorry. Speaking of the Blues game, uh, one thing I did, I think losing to the Blues was a good thing. Mm. I think it got rid of that got whole... It, away, it, it got rid of that whole undefeated tour, bollocks. It took all the pressure off. In fact, well... If it was handled correctly by the management, which I think it was, it took all the pressure off. So, look, lads, fucking forget about it. We can't go undefeated now. Who Don't cares? have to worry yeah. about it. We're building a game plan. Yeah. Uh, no, I completely agree. However, I do think that somebody needs to make a real claim for that 13 jersey, like, uh, sometime soon. <laughs> really I think, soon. I think they should... Well, yeah, because one thing I learned, which is linked to that, is that the 12 jersey is sorted. Yeah, because Henshaw well, was decent on Wednesday, I thought, mm-hmm. and Teo looks very, very, very handy. Well, yeah, he would be nailed on test starter if it were not for the fact that he is incapable of passing more than two feet, <laughs> more than six um, inches. Jesus Christ! I tell you what, Liam, him, Liam I, Williams had some fucking filth thrown at him in that game. He, he was oh. trying his absolute best. He yeah, was, it was testament to him that he nearly caught pretty much all of it because it was absolutely was awful. Tor- yeah, he was contorting himself like a turn of the century, <laughs> like his own legs, sideshow. <laughs> and yet, no, it was yeah. Some of the passes thrown as well, but like yeah, the, the very fact that Lucas Gerald was actually suggesting that a Sexton Farrell midfield axis thing could be an option for the tests, ridiculous and moronic as that is, does demonstrate that nobody has really put a marker down for that outside centre berth, and it's so important because. 
the fact that we haven't had any good 13 play at all is so key to how shite the Lions attacking game has been because it's so hard to unleash your outside backs when your 13 isn't threatening in any way, shape or form. I think like, the opposition see defense can just drift. Joseph played in the game when everyone was knackered, didn't he? So yes, be interesting to see how he gets on tomorrow versus the Highlanders, actually. If he's True, not too I intimidated think... by the Scottish dance-off, obviously. But yeah. um yeah, Aside so... from him bringing shovels for hands and then getting concussed, I mean, John Davis did look threatening in the He's the most obvious he one on. if, he's, if this concussion's well, he's not, not the on a banging, issue. He's the one who's banging form, yeah. apparently. He's symptom-free already, so he should be fine for the married game, you'd hope. But He could go yeah, full boom-boom, though, couldn't he? He could go Henshaw-Teo, 12-13. Boom-boom. <laughs> I mean, that would be quite funny. It would be something to behold, wouldn't it? Yeah. Gatland, Warren Gatland throwing off all of his reputation for just picking big lads by picking a 12 and 13 that literally have a combined weight of about 23. And then if Hogg goes home, he can replace him with Roberts. Stick him somewhere yeah. on the wing. Yeah. Everyone's happy. Yep, stick him at fullback. That's where he was originally. <laughs> he was, yeah, I remember him. Yeah, 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 but yeah, whether it's Daly or Joseph or Payne or John Davis or fucking Adamant, I don't care. Like somebody <laughs> has got a. Actually, if Payne something. plays well tomorrow, Hog could be behind him as well. It could. Be. Well, that's in the, Gatlin's uh, thinking, not in my uh, thinking. Gosh. I'm just saying in Gatlin's thinking. Yeah, it's not. If even, these bigger even, lads just like, do that yeah, Gatlin Gat- thing, then yeah, and Gatlin's just like, look. It's not my fault. I didn't ask you to get your fucking cheek broken by your own mate, your own roommate, no less. Oh yeah. Oh, so what else? You've got what to else? feel Stuart Hogg though. It does look you have like got to he's feel going to have had two two lions tours and not a single cap. No, because it that did look pretty bad. Harsh. You can't you can't yeah. cut your face that badly without the bone coming into it somehow. I don't think, especially yeah. on somebody's elbow. I did, I did enjoy Warren Gatland after the game saying, yeah, we're going to get a specialist, somebody who knows more than I do. It's like, oh, good. Fair news. I'm, I'm glad that, Sound I'm advice. Glad you're not just, you're not I, just using only your yeah. expert medical opinion. <laughs> only because the insurers told me to. I'd have been fucking yeah. sorted. Otherwise, the cunts, they're making me. <laughs> There's good birthday surprises, like when your friends throw you a party. <laughs> And bad ones, like realising you're so old, you can't blow out all your candles in one go. At Phonewatch, we're celebrating 30 years of protecting Irish homes. And we've got a birthday surprise for you. For a very limited time, get a Phonewatch alarm installed for only €30. Euro. Yes, just €30. Euro. Offer ends November 30th, so order right away at phonewatch.ie. Monitoring fees apply. Acast recommends... Podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out, or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Right, what else did we learn over all of these this magnificent week of rugby? Have you got anything else? Um, 
I learned that there's no point in picking George North and then making him chase kicks for 80 minutes. Yeah, I wrote something else. similar Jesus like that. Christ. He, would, he like, must have properly seen his arse at some point. For fuck's sake, stop <laughs> kicking the ball. I mean, how many times? I only remember him getting like lit the ball literally twice. And one of those was when he'd done a really good bit of defensive positioning. And so nobody was actually expecting him to have the ball in space. They never got it to him. Like, But he, he ran the ball seven times, according to the stats. It didn't feel like that, did it? Well, he just, that's because he kept getting it with about five defenders he around did, him. Yeah. And so he'd just run into contact, get over the gain line, and then recycle. There was no chance for him to actually do anything that he's good at. Yeah. But, fair play to him. Didn't beat a single defender. Those, as... He chased those kicks all fucking day. Well, it's hard to beat a defender exactly, when you're yeah, running just, into just four bears men out your all point. the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he chased those kicks all day long and did make a bit of a nuisance to himself. And, for George North, was defensively fucking rock solid. Hands off to him. As he George North goes, Because yes. yeah. they said the Crusaders had no width. They actually did get some width, but actually, yeah, to be fair to Andy, was... yeah, Andy Farrell's pattern obviously hmm. sorted them out. Yeah. They didn't play and badly. They were forced into playing badly. Touch. I yeah. haven't seen that for a yeah. very long time. To, to the point which he almost get, got penalised for a high tackle. <laughs> yeah. Well, when was the last time that happened? <laughs> exactly. You'd think that Gatland and Howley would remember how Neithal North was when given a little bit of space, though, wouldn't you? They like, need they to get him in the game. Wales started no. playing well in the Six Nations when they finally found a way to get him into the game. Yeah, and they desperately can't. Well, they just one thing that they can stop doing is constantly putting the ball to the wing that he's not on. Yes, I mean, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way George would have caught that filth though. He wouldn't even got oh, his hands no. on it. <laughs> At least he even got his hands to it. George is about three inches taller than Liam Williams, at least, so he would have had slightly more of a chance of getting it when the ball was yeah. flung at Liam Williams's head, or indeed over it. But they need to they need to use him. Lomu was the archetype of how yeah. to use a winger that is powerful running, and I'm not saying that North is, is Johnny Lomu, but you know, New Zealand built... It's not even that difficult. It's first phase moves that get him off the wing. Noel does it at yeah. Exeter. Yeah. No, Noel does it. It's not difficult. You just need to actually yeah. have a plan that gets him moving in that direction. <sighs> yeah, I feel we might be saying a lot about this in the next three or four weeks. But, um, He's obviously blatantly going to play in a test team, obviously. But... Of course he is. And then he'll do nothing again if they don't get him off his wing and get him involved. The penalty but, count was uh, halved for the Lions on Saturday versus Wednesday. Good. And that yeah. is a massive... Because that list of penalties was... Oh, they were fucking retarded, weren't they? I mean, God... That damn bigger one, the, the offside of the line-out one. Oh, that was, was unbelievable. Like, oh, my God. We just nicked it as well. We just nicked the yeah. line-out. It was yeah. on their five-meter line. We nicked it, and he croached in. Yeah, it was... Haskell did a neck-grab suplex at Rook classic, on Sonny Bill Williams. That was the first one. Law took the man out the line-out, losing 50 meters of territory. The haskell Payne crossing incident... Offside the defensive line on halfway, holding on the five meter line. No gap at the line out. Seriously, no fucking gap at the line out. How do you, how bad do you have to do no gap at the line out to be penalised for it? Be called on it these days. I yeah. know it's, it's so shit. I'm penalising you. <laughs> and then of course no, Sanjay it's... takes man out in the air. Episode one. Sanjay um, takes man out in the air. The revenge in the second half. <laughs> it was spectacular. Oh, so many, done, but yeah, and it? to be you know you've. When you think about it, we only just lost that game to a miracle try mm. after all of that avoidable shit. 
yeah. So actually, that's why I wasn't too worried about not, it. Yeah, if we had not committed maybe two or three of those penalties, yeah, that game probably would have been won. Well, particularly the CJ standard smashing somebody's windpipe out in the, yes. the closing closing minutes of the first half. Now, obviously, you can't legislate for a bounce back. This is the Blues game. You can't legislate for a bounce off the posts and the way it comes off, but you can no, legislate for not trying to take somebody's head off in the yeah. 39th minute when you're up. Yeah, no, anyway. it's very true. Anyway. What else did we learn? We're um, I've learned that Eddie Jones's phase two England could be quite entertaining. I don't think they will be, but yeah, I mean, they 100% should have lost that game, but a midf- an England team with Slade, Lazowski in midfield, Ford at at 10 and Danny Kerr. I mean, I'm not sure it's a combination that would work anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, it only works against hell, the Pumas, yeah. Was, yeah, for the first time. Who grasp really. the insanity, like, you know, with well, both yeah, hands. Exactly. But, for the, but for the first time, really, under Jones, England put some properly brilliant attacking rugby together that wasn't just... yeah. The result of capitalising on mistakes or well-executed set plays, it was proper heads-up rugby. It was. Mark like Keller's particular... influence coming in. Yes. He's put some timber on, by the way. Oof. See the size mm. of him, Mark Keller. He's a big lad, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, go on, sorry. Particularly... Yeah, particularly the Slade kick for um, the uh, oh, that was Johnny just... May try. The reaction on Phil. Twitter, that was one of my favourite things Phil. about Twitter in rugby is when things like that happen. <laughs> Because yeah, everyone just tweets the same thing. Oh, you know, basically, whatever the Twitter <laughs> version of going, oh, is that, it's that. Yeah, it was basically every rugby fan on Twitter that was in front of the telly at that moment rubbing their thighs in and a grieves that, kind of way. It's the first time for quite some time that I found myself going, oh, that's why we all got so fucking excited about 18 mm-hmm. months, two years ago. Actually, when I was at the final at Twickenham, there is something about when he gets the ball and runs that he does look different to everybody else. He does glide yeah. into gaps, and he has, and is is it's just a beautiful way of moving. And then on Sat on Saturday evening, as it was by then, it was the way it was everything about it. It was the way he stepped and sold it completely. It was then yeah. the way he, as he was moving forward, he looked left and right and left and right, yeah. and then to drop the ball so beautifully where it was while still looking left and right just to check yeah. he didn't have to cover any defense or anything. It was remarkable. No, it was a phenomenal try in a game of fucking excellent tries. And yeah, I don't, I don't, I believe that Eddie is far too pragmatic to to make let them play like that every week. But certainly, as a little window into what the future holds, there was, uh, it was very fun. It was great. And it was very entertaining. And the Argentina try, of course, which all went you know, right to left. Well, all of them. Great. It was just and 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 Denny Solomona. <laughs> Yeah. That's the, what you call a mixed bag, I think. <laughs> the boom and bust man. <laughs> I think I said on Twitter, he's just about minus seven on oh. on balance. But uh, yeah. Somebody else it said was... on Twitter that uh, Danny Solomon wins a rugby game for England and Ben Stokes won a cricket game for England. Aren't New Zealand a very giving nation? <laughs> Callum Gillen got in touch on Twitter saying that... Uh, Lest we forget, and a few people pointed this out, Lion Ross Ford got a double against Italy, coming into form just in case that there's another hooker needed in Italy. <laughs> would that be his third Lions tour? It that. probably would be, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, it would be. I think he went in 09 and in 2013, which just shows what a shame it was for Dylan Hartley that he 
got banned before the 2013 tour because look at the fucking dog shit that we had to put up with otherwise. Anything else uh, that we learned? Anyway. Um, well, France are back to being a shambles. That's what I learned. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. I also I learned that Baptiste surrounds on a beautiful new elfin haircut. Oh, excellent. That's good to know. Yeah. That's basically the one positive Redeeming feature got. for the entire game, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Vakatawa look reasonable again. That's how bad they are. Vakatawa yeah. keeps looking reasonable. That's always a, a bellwether <laughs> of how bad things are going. I mean, they're clearly very good individual players, but they absolutely shat themselves in that second half. And there's just there's nothing. There's no coherency. There's no game plan. There's no coaching. They missed 23% of their tackles. <laughs> 20, that's, that's nearly Ooh. a quarter. You'll have to talk for a minute while I... Uh... <laughs> you compose yourself for that. Compose yourself. Yeah, it's. I don't um, know who the, who the fuck is their defence coach these days. It's not Dave Ellis. We've established that. No. Although he is talking about going back there, isn't he? Soon, I did hear. Really? That, yeah, there is oh, rumour okay. he's going back. Oh fucking hell! I think they could do just it. In, to be just honest. in time. Yes. The um. Uh, well, South Africa version three point zero looked quite nice, though. Not perfect tidy. at all, yeah. but tidy. Got some good players in there. The young scrum half, Cron, you looked all right. A lot of yeah. people have mentioned uh, Marks. You look pretty handy as well. Yeah. No, it's uh, they've definitely. I wouldn't go so far as to say that they've turned a corner because no. Jesus. Well, you can't measure anything with that opposition, can you? Really? Well, no. That's that is the problem with them. They, France were so fucking bad. They that, had some um, moments in the first half where they got that French handling. Well, going, it was, you know, yeah, and it was and, it was quite nice, but. That's all the way, always the way with France, though, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's they, they always look when the game breaks up and they're sort of vaguely all right. Like they look fine, but it's when you have to actually ask them to do something vaguely competent and coherent that it all goes tits up. Well, it's you know Gilles police on, isn't it? Ah, Gerald Bastide is the uh, French defence coach. I don't and, think that uh, anybody with a name was, like that can be trusted actually, to run a defence. It was actually 29% of their tackles, <laughs> not 23. So more than a quarter. Ugh, nearly a third. Uh, not far off a third. So Gerald, uh, whatever it is you're doing, take the creme brulee off them. Yes. Take the Jackman route. They won't like you, but it's the <laughs> way you've got to go forward. Maybe it'll get some results. Yeah, so there you go. Anything else? Oh, Indeed. but the one last thing, which loads mm. of people have mentioned on Twitter, which was not only did the England-Argentina game have the absolute batshit crazy Harlem Globetrotter stuff, they had one of the best scrums you've ever seen. Oh, my God, I love that scrum so If you were to much. say to somebody it lasted for 25 seconds, you'd think, well, that doesn't <laughs> sound very long, but you watch a scrum not move for 25 seconds. It's remarkable, it's isn't it? And the fact, ridiculous amount of time. And the fact that they it did just not move. No. It was they a per- strong, applied and stable, force. Yeah, the bind flat. was there. It, yeah. was, it was basically pornography. It was fabulous. It was absolutely... And, and like Nigel, because the ball just didn't move, did it? Because they, because yeah. they were pushing so hard, they couldn't lift a foot up to hook it. Mm. So Nigel, in the end, got like down on one knee and was just looking at the ball. Yeah. yeah. As if to say, lads, I can't do anything about this. Yeah, you're doing nothing wrong. Do something here. Yeah. Not, it's not collapsed. The ball's just yeah. there. It was just... Yeah, it was great. Yeah, he had a wonderful game, playable. actually. Yeah, he did. I thought it was really great. What did he say he... to the Lizard at one point? You enjoying this? You enjoying yourself? He said, <laughs> you... But it was basically, and I mean, it is an end of season game, but it was like last week of school for everyone, wasn't it? Nigel <laughs> having a good time. The England play, you know, the kids were allowed to just go out and run about like lunatics. It was, yeah, 
it was a proper. I bet you, I'll tell you, wasn't having a good time. Wolfpack Ooh. Paul Gusted. Oh, I bet he wasn't having a good time. I bet that was the worst Saturday night of his life. <laughs> yeah, especially everything Denny Denny Solomona did, with the exception of the last everything thing. Denny Solomona did without the ball. Yes, basically. Yeah. Holy shit! Um, speaking of which, should we go into shit and good and let's do that? Talk exactly about that. Um, God, that. I mean, obviously his try was due to some genuinely disgusting Argentina defence. I actually wrote but... a tweet to say that's a great, you know, that's that's a great finish, Solomona, but the defence was absolutely criminal. And then I realised it sounded like I was talking about Solomona's defence. No. Which I was but, as well. You but actually also, I was actually saying true. that Argentina defence there was a joke. Oh god. Not a very funny I mean, one. It was eightieth minute tired defence, obviously. But, but even, even so, then even oh, so, yeah. God, it was embarrassing. Um <laughs> but yeah, being directly like it's not often that you can say you were directly responsible for two tries in five minutes. But he one hundred percent was like that is bad. Yeah. I mean was it somebody said he must have great defense. pace because he got beaten twice in one move at one point? <laughs> that was great. <laughs> I mean, you can like don't get me look. Chris Ashton's perfect example. Um, you know, George North is millions of others. You can not be the best defender on the planet on the wing at test level and get by fine, hmm. but you can't be that bad. No, he's not that no. bad though. No, he really isn't that bad. bad. It was obviously just a, a, a bad five minutes because he really isn't that bad. Yeah. What a bad five minutes. What God a bad alive. five minutes. Um, other shits for me, um, the Lions handling. How many tries Oh, have we I was going to mention it? that before, because a lot of people said about we haven't scored tries. But actually, if a couple of last had passes had gone to, to hand, we'd be sorted. And I, that's, again, why I'm not that worried. They won't keep being dropped, will no, they? No, it will come. Like, in that, just in that Crusaders game, four tries. North... Um, right at the start where John Davis just passed it to someone else um, John Davis knocking it on after he ran that nice line the Liam Williams one where he um, it was thrown seven feet above his fucking head and about two feet behind him um, CJ Standard just knocking it on for no apparent reason and arguably the the chip that Liam Williams did that the Anthony Watson try that got ruled out yeah you know, all of those things could have been tries, and that's five tries scored, and that yeah. scoreline looks a hell of a lot better. And whereas I at know the moment, fundamental as, basic shit, but it will come. Whereas at the moment, as Papa Bones pointed out, the Lions' attack looks pretty shit because they've scored as many tries in three games as Ross Ford did in one. <laughs> when you look at it on that metric, it looks pretty I mean, that damning, does make doesn't it? it? Sound bad, doesn't it? Yeah. Speaking of Liam Williams, actually, also shit. Liam Williams' composure. Jesus Christ, oh, I son. Yeah. I Which get he was excited. He's normally he fairly unruffled, isn't he? He's normally solid. Even though he looks like a shambles, he mm. isn't. You know, he, he kind of runs a bit no. like a shambles, isn't he? but he's, he, he isn't at all. He's really strange, actually. Yeah, no, he's clearly very, very excited to be on the Lions tour and very, very keen to make a good impression. And that went very, very badly for him. He's I mean, not as excited me as Kyle Sinclair. Who just brings no, a beam of but... joy every time he speaks about being on the <laughs> he's Lions just tour? Delighted. He's just delighted and can't believe he's there. Yeah, he's just it's happy wonderful. To be there. It's what we'd all be like. Good for you, Kyle. Yeah, about, about the only person that was delighted at Leah Williams's performance on in that Blues game probably actually was Jack Noel because yes, it took some of the limelight off an Ooh, epically yeah. bad oh, game. It was so bad. 
wasn't he? He was so shit. So shit. <laughs> he must have just been thinking, thank you, because now everyone is going to talk about you being a fucking moron instead of me being absolutely for 60 minutes. Do you remember when Ben Cohen went on the Lions tour and immediately turned awful? <laughs> and never recovered yes. for, from it. And yeah. I really hope this, hasn't, this isn't going to happen to Jack Nichols. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, shit was um, on Twitter. Euro Jeff got in touch and said, shit was Sport24 in, in South Africa being very un-PC stroke old school with their description of France in their online commentary. I.e., quote, Etzebeth's line-out steal brings more misery for the frogs. <laughs> And they wrote that on a website. Brilliant. Good for them. What else was shit? Uh, <laughs> Rich got in touch on Twitter, Halker Rich, and just said, shit, Andy Robinson. In fact, <laughs> everything about that entire BBC presentation on Saturday night was oh, appalling. God, it was basically like a broadcast from Hitler's bunker in 1945, <laughs> wasn't it? It was that kind of... <laughs> that was a sense of impending gloom. Yeah, You've just seen one of the best games it. ever. And yeah. you just... Oh, I don't understand why Jason Mohammed's pissed off. He's Welsh. But actually, why are yeah. you two so miserable, Woodward and, and, and um, Guska? Yeah, it was just so weird. Because it looked like none of them had seen the sunlight in days. They obviously were deep down a little bit annoyed that they hadn't got a jolly to Argentina. <laughs> and and no Lions, yeah. Yeah, and went, and also went on the Lions tour. But also, it was just... God, yeah, it was just like this weird sort of... Yeah, like a weird like experiment. We've locked these three rugby pundits in a room for 17 days. Which one of them is going to claw <laughs> the other one's eyes out first? It's like the Stanford prison experiment, but with rugby. <laughs> it was exactly that. And the answer, of course, is that everyone would claw Andy Robinson's eyes out because <laughs> holy shit, he was... Fucking terrible. There's nothing he can do well anymore. Poor Andy. <laughs> it's very true. This we found the thing that he's worse at than coaching rugby teams, and that is in providing. He's any rubbish at coaching, punditing. He's rubbish at having eyes that actually yeah. open properly. Yeah. Poor Andy. Awful. Genuinely awful. While we're on um, shit, before we go on, to, sorry, have you got one more for shit? I have got one more for go. shit, and that is Juan Martin Hernandez. Um. He might be nicknamed the magician. The only thing he was pulling out of his hat against England was a big fat fucking loss. Yeah, like... but you see, if you ask me, magicians are all shit. So actually, that works. For me. <laughs> well, I'm I'm naturally wary of magicians because they are liars and deceivers. And I've always thought know... that his reputation massively, massively outstrips what he actually delivers when he's got his feet on he the grass. Does and one hundred percent proved that. Because it's not often you can say, you, literally you on your own, are directly the reason why your team lost the game. But penalty advantage in front of the posts, three minutes on the clock. What do you do in that situation? You go round the fucking corner over and over and over again until you score a try or the ref blows up. You kick the points and you win. Yes. And instead, he wanted to be fucking Captain Cool and stroked over a drop goal with fucking two minutes left to go. And the rest is history. Well, he obviously wanted a klaxon off this off this pod. Unfortunately, yeah. one, he doesn't deserve one because he knacked his team up. But two, uh, I dropped my phone today and smashed the screen, so my soundboard isn't working. <laughs> yeah, so he, he's just you are klaxonless. <laughs> yeah, literally klaxonless. Yes. Yeah. And I wanted to play this uh, a bit louder, but I can't play it very loud now because I'm having to do it through the computer. 
Hold on. Did you hear that? Didn't hear that. No, <laughs> That's Rob Howley saying I haven't got a clue. See, it doesn't work without my oh. soundboard. <laughs> no. I haven't got oh, a clue. See, that was one of my. That is one of my favourite things that has ever happened. <laughs> if I, I could make that my new message tone, I probably would. <laughs> <laughs> that is truly glorious. So, if you did listen, hear that list, is what it was. Didn't hear it. It was Rob Howley doing his. I haven't got a clue. Um, okay. <laughs> I haven't got a clue. Um, <laughs> what else have we got? So we did. While we're on shit, shall we do? Because mm. loads of people have suggested this, and I think it's very good. Shall we do Stuart Barnes shit watch? Oh God! I mean, should we make a spin-off podcast? About I think this? we need to do a running series of this <laughs> where people, because the yes. number, of the well, obviously he's awful, but the number of things that he's just either getting wrong or infuriating people with on this tour, it seems to be reaching new levels. It must be said. He just, he's just so dog shit and so nakedly and irritatingly one-eyed and cheerleading for whatever team he is being paid to be fans of this week. It's just, oh, I hate it. As I hate the, everything about so it. Let's go through the litany of shit that he's done. The mm. pen got in touch. The pen, the pen GW. When, because... When did the long-range penalty? And Barnes said, Hogg will fancy having a crack at this. No, he won't, because he's not actually on the field at the minute. Yeah, and as Andrew he's on a stretcher with his cheek poking out through his fucking face. He looks like something from Predator right now. But are the... <laughs> And then Andrew Collin also said it was peak Stuart Barnes because at that time, exactly at that time, Anthony Watson was on the screen. He'd replaced right. Stuart Hogg on the field. Right. Brilliant. Slutty Mc... I also... Go on. I, always, I like the part where he... Um... It was shortly, they, it was one of the few times the Crusaders were in with a sniff of uh, of scoring a try. And, and Alleman Jones basically had a ball thrown at his fucking ankles. And Barnes said on the replay, yeah, Alleman Jones just can't control it there. It's like, <laughs> what did you, ex- you expect him to do fucking keepy uppies with it or something? It was literally on the floor. Dickhead. Slutty oh. McSmoochy face said... Uh, and I didn't hear this with Stuart Barnes' story of when he met Kieran Reid. Now, loads of people have come forward on Twitter to tell to say how excruciatingly bad it was, which was that he met Kieran Reid and squeezed his hand too hard or something, but it was apparently told in an incredibly awkward way, and it was just awful. So there's that. Ian Phillips also then made the point that he made a comment about Ken Owens throwing the ball at the end of the Blues game and losing the line-out, when actually it wasn't. It was when Rory Best had come on and he threw the ball in and lost the line-out. <laughs> and then as Euro Jeff pointed out don't you just love it when you're trying to listen to what the ref and the TMO are saying about something and Barnes is mouth farting his opinion over the top so you can't actually hear it <laughs> it is actually amazing how many times they don't say let's just have a listen to this yeah let's see what they're going to say no I'm Stuart Barnes I'm going to tell you what I think has happened and the number of times that that is spectacularly wrong like not just a little bit wrong <laughs> properly wrong like absolutely opposite of what's it's oh my god alive the man is said this so many times and i'll say it again pundits are like football goalkeepers they stay five (laughs) years too long and keep the decent players out of the team and he desperately needs to go so yeah so keep an eye out or an ear out even ladies and gentlemen for for the uh Mm. for any more stuart barnes shit watch because you know the cuthbert police on cups gone on its merry way 
Yes. So let's have uh, a hashtag barn shit watch. Barn shit watch. Uh, should you hear anything, uh, do your best to. Lots of people are helpfully recording <clears throat> stuff on their phones on Twitter and sending that, which is good. Because when I've got yes, my soundboard back, funny. I can use that. Um, right. Very, very quickly, before we do good to finish, Sean Holly songs interlude. Mm. But only specifically Ooh. because Pete. Uh, I, no, sorry. Somebody retweeted to me an Aberavon RFC picture, which had the. Oh God, I love that. Did you see it? Which had I which said excellent it. donation by Beacon's Trike Tours in Brecon. Pure experience at its finest. These guys look like they enjoyed it, and it's a trike. And on the trike, if you haven't <laughs> seen it, is Sean Holly driving and sat direct in a suit, which is very trike, obviously. And sat Obviously. directly behind him is James Hook in an open collar shirt. And to his right, Richard Hibbard. It's basically like Sons of Anarchy. It's it is exactly a bit like, like Sons that. of Anarchy. In, but it's in a car park <laughs> with like salesman's cars in, in Aberavon. In Aberavon with quite blatantly an estate built in 1987 behind it. And then, of course, some it's kind of slag that. heap behind that. But it was... Um... Obviously. But yeah, so then it's... in response to that... In response to that, uh, Pete needs shorter name. Got in touch on Twitter with the Sean Holly song suggestion: "Get your motor running, Hibbard on the highway." Oh, I like that. I do like that. But yeah, it's a, it's 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 just the most wonderful it's piece remarkable. of marketing. I especially love that it's like, yep, yeah, trike. Don't need a helmet, <laughs> lads. Get on. It's what, but they're all dressed like junior salesmen. Sat well, yeah, on this they, trike. They're it doesn't literally work. dressed as if they stepped out of the car phone warehouse. <laughs> and yes, it's exactly what they're dressed like. Yeah, it's it's just remarkable. I, I deeply hope that they went for a drive. Yeah, like that. Part of me thinks that they just posed in that because James Hook and Richard Hibbard are both professional rugby players, and they definitely have clauses in their contract that prevent them from going on the back of fucking trikes <laughs> without helmets. However. In a perfect world, they would have gone for a lovely little razz around the Brecon Beacons in their smart casual wear. And then they would have come <laughs> back and either sung them a don't lovely we song. All, don't we you know, all? Every time you see a ride out of a motorcycle club, that tends to be what they're dressed in. <laughs> yeah. God bless it. There, what is also very clear is that there's nothing Sean Holly won't do for money. <laughs> he's like he's he's like a pound. very true. He's like a Poundland Ray Winston. He'll do he'll, any job. Like, if it's paying, he'll do it. I'm very certain that if all of our listeners chipped in a few quid, we could hire Sean Holly to come to the Blood Mud podcast end of season awards dinner and perform all of the songs that we have written for him <laughs> over the last 12 months. And he would do it with a shit-eating grin on his face happily. He would, yeah. Because we should do a live podcast down in South, down in Bristol, near where you live. Yes. At yes. some pub. Pay him. Sure, I reckon up 200 quid will get Sean Holly, I would have thought. Oh, fuck yeah. We can crowdfund that, can't we? He'll turn up in his yeah. dinner suits. We'll say, you have to learn all of these. All of them. Ian Evans knows I'm <laughs> miserable now. If you tolerate <laughs> this, then your Trinduk will be next. All of them. Yes. I want you're going to play them solo, unaccompanied, on an acoustic guitar in a badly lit room. Fucking love it. <laughs> yes, and, and it all has sure to be half a semitone. Yes, half a semitone <laughs> too high. All of them. 
Oh, so if you'd like you to can't have half a semitone. A semitone too high. No, I, no, half. I, meant I half didn't a tone. want to be. I didn't want to be that guy. Thank you, but yeah. I, I was that guy to myself because I could see the look in your eyes. <laughs> right. So yeah, uh, if you want to contribute to that, uh, it's <laughs> GoFundMe.com. So I know it's not um, No. Seriously, a lot of people are doing live pods now. We've we've discussed the idea and probably thought it was a bad one. But if you want to let us know where if it's something you might be fancying, let us know. Yes. Enough of you have to Please say you'll do. come. So yeah, because otherwise I mean, I'll level with you. I'm not putting the ball, build the higher pub out for the evening without bloody good reason. Exactly. So give us that reason. Right then. Good then. Let's do good. Yeah, to finish off. What isn't good is that your sound's gone a bit weird now. But we'll have to just soldier on. I think. Ooh. Yeah, I think we probably will. Oh no, we're back um, Good. Lions type five. Excellent. Yes. Um, certainly on, on Saturday, if not so much on Wednesday. Um, Sonny Bill Williams, he says a lot that he's not automatic choice for first test guaranteed because he's absurd. Yeah, his, as I said at the time, his, his offloading should be in adult shops. Yeah, be well, exclusively it's just, it's, in shops with, with the windows blacked out. You forget how quick he is as well. Like, he's just he's just an big absolute big He is quick. It's, I think it's people weird, forget this is a guy some... who was playing NRL rugby at eighteen. You know, I mean mm. that whatever people may think of rugby league, to play as a loose forward in NRL at eighteen takes a special kind of athletic talent. And how fun would it be? Because it's not. It's interesting to look at. Him and Teo both. I mean, obviously, Teo is not exactly covering himself in offloading glory at the moment. However, His offloading's all right. <laughs> it's when it goes well, yeah, it's any further away than an offload, offload. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they both have that thing of just, you shouldn't be able to A, move that quickly laterally and B, be that quick for a man your size. Yeah, and hold and the ball in one it. hand while you're getting battered yeah. left, right and centre. Yeah, it's like the thing that sort of... Maybe I've been watching Wales with Jamie Roberts for too long, but seeing a man that large sort of burst into space and have a second gear to get beyond the line of defence is Mm. a weird thing. And it seems like physics shouldn't allow it. And yet here we are. Speaking of men who have a break the line and have a big man who break the line have a burst of second gear pace, the pen again got in touch and said... Uh, good was Leone Nakarawa, the Fijian oh, Parise, was, with his magnificent bit of fuck great. it, I'll do it myself. That did you see that feel, game? By the way, oh god, that, that was, was brilliant! An omni shambles that game was. It was everybody does everything that they want. Don't worry about tactics or structure or anything like. That. Just fucking throw it around and see what happens. Yeah, and yeah, but the Nakarawa, I desperately wanted that to be a try because it was. Peak Olympic standard. Fuck it, I'll do it myself. And an absolute classic Nakarawa. Nakarawa. Beautiful. Yeah, he's a menace. He's him. fantastic. He is. He's so much fun. He's going to be absolutely wasted at Russian Metro next season. Of course, he he's probably going to be literally yeah. wasted because what else is he going to do? Yeah, probably, yeah. He's just going to be pushing in the scrum for 80 minutes. So he's not going to be able to do any of that shit. <laughs> um, other goods for me uh, Georgia. They beat Canada 13-0 in Canada at the weekend. Canada are um, not the best of the minute, but even so, that's still a... Still, it's no mean feat. They are sort of turning... They're getting harder and harder to ignore. 
Georgia. It's hard to. I know that it's mainly because they got billions behind them and all that shit, but you can't mm. argue with the results. You can't. What else have we got that's good? Uh, tell you what I've got that's good, which, you know, leaving aside all this stuff we've been talking about, was the greatest thing that happened last week and made me realise that anything's possible in this world because on Thursday night, the magnificent and mighty Lee defeated Wigan for the first time since 1984. Anything is possible. <laughs> 50 points to 34. It was a humdinging shambles of a match and I've probably never been happier. I know none of you care, I, I was... but I've got a platform and I'm using it. Yeah, frankly, I didn't understand any of it, but you did seem to be remarkable, <laughs> as happy as I've ever seen you, which and unabashedly so. No, it wasn't even a qualification to your happiness, which there usually is. Yes. It's just pure joy. <laughs> yeah. There's not many things. Very, so... very weird. Yes. Anything good from you before we bring this Sharon um, Bank well, to a, reluctant, a halt? Reluctantly, Keith Earls. Because clearly all it takes to make him look like a competent test player is inferior opposition. Two tries against America in an absolute pasting for the USA. Didn't see um, the USA Ireland yeah. game. Well, Didn't want to stay up, I'll be honest. honest. It was probably about the fifth rugby match I'd watched in the space of 48 hours by that stage. So. It's getting hard to tell the difference between all the games of rugby I'm watching at the moment. And uh, yeah, in about 12 hours' time, we've got another one. So, What do we think brilliant. then? Highlanders, Lions. Um, My super brew's going fucking awfully, by the way. How's yours going? (laughs) Um, Not great. Um, I'll tell you after tomorrow morning if the Highlanders win by five. uh... Well, I've said Lions by five because I'm just obviously Mm -hmm. like a a total moron who just follows. Somebody rings a bell at one one end and I run and then they ring it at the other end and I run there. You're giddy with well. That's the, this is the problem. See, you're still giddy with the elation having won like ten minutes ago, and now we've got a fucking another game. Yeah, we have a yeah. chance to engage your critical faculty. I think I think a combination of Lee beating Wigan, hung Parliament, and the Crusaders' results is just. I'm just all over the fucking <laughs> shop. I'll be honest. All over the shop. Yes, a, yes I think Highlanders by a couple just because that backline looks a little bit tasty for the Highlanders and I think that's yeah, still the look, thing that, that the Lions is... will struggle with. Tasty. You know, yeah, the, the you know, the All Blacks can leave Fekatoa out. Mm. You know, this is what mm. you're dealing with. And the Holo. And the Holo, yeah. But yes, it's, yeah. A, it's a very, very tasty battle. Walden, Fekatoa, and the Holo, Tavita Lee, Sopoaga. The brilliantly named scrum half, Kane Hammington. That sounds like a made-up vaudeville name, doesn't it? <laughs> it does sound like a made-up vaudeville film. It sounds like he should have a sort of... He's like a ventriloquist with a pig pu- puppet. It's Kane yes, Hammington with Mr. Pigsy type thing. <laughs> anyway, you can, uh, I think hysteria's setting in now. It's probably time to... <laughs> mm, I think we should... Yeah, because let's face it, we do have to be up in about seven hours to watch another game of rugby (laughs) because rugby is relentless at the moment. It's relentless and never-ending. But let's never forget, and the number of people who've been in touch on Twitter, there is nothing like the Lions. Some bloke, some Welsh bloke going to us this week saying, I've even cheered for Joe Marler. That's what it does to people. It is. People forget that that's the thing that makes it brilliant, is that when Marutoji is being an Absolute ring piece. <laughs> I'm saying, go on, Maro, be a fucking ring piece for me. 
I think, uh, I think that's the first time we've used the word ring piece on this pod. And I'm amazed it's I'm taken remarkable. that long because it is one of my favourite words. <laughs> and we've taken it 70, how many hours of 70 of our podcasts? Probably yeah. 140, that's not beat around the bush. A mate of my granddad's, that was a thing, he, that was his joke. Anytime you said to him in the pub, will you pass me that pen? He used to always go, I'll pass it to you, ride up your ring piece. And he used to do everything. Will you pass us that? <laughs> Be pies. I'll give you your pies. Right <laughs> up your ring piece. And of course, technically it was helpful. wrong because it would yeah. be right through your ring piece, wouldn't it? So he was actually incorrect, but that's by the by. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know. Anyway, Semantics. and with that ring piece chat, we've come to the end of this week. <laughs> Once again, this is something you don't get anywhere else. <laughs> you do not get ring... Karl Marx ring piece chat. and ring piece chat all in one episode. What more could you want? <laughs> There's your title for this episode right there. <laughs> <laughs> That'd get bounced by Apple Podcasts, wouldn't it? Right. Thank you, everybody. Once again, we will speak to you after... Oh, well, you to think everybody. we're going to win. I don't. Well, you think we're going to lose. Well, see you next week. Ta-da. See ya. Bye. There's good birthday surprises, like when your friends throw you a party. <laughs> And bad ones, like realising you're so old, you can't blow out all your candles in one go. At Phonewatch, we're celebrating 30 years of protecting Irish homes. And we've got a birthday surprise for you. For a very limited time, get a Phonewatch alarm installed for only €30. Euro. Yes, just €30. Euro. Offer ends November 30th, so order right away at phonewatch.ie. Monitoring fees apply. Sports Social Podcast Network.